The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with Sondra Bernstein. Sondra, I got a question for you. Oh, no. What? Got cheese? Yes, <laughs> we got cheese. Got froyo? What do we have? Froyo? <laughs> we'll froyo? Have to tell her about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He did do research, did he? He, did. he told me he didn't do any research. No, no. Well, it's not exactly um, research. When My daughter goes to school in Sebastopol. And we, you know, besides this last two weeks, are kind of big cheese eaters. So, um, and big frozen yogurt okay, eaters. Okay, fro-yo. fro-yo. What, ha- what happened it. these last two weeks that made you Oh, stop? geez. Okay, first off, we yeah. welcome <laughs> with great, great pleasure my good, dear friend, Lisa Gottlieb. Got rich. <laughs> my good friend, my best friend, yeah. Lisa. Friend. We're so my tight very and best her friend. last name is. Well, but I got, I got it got right cheese. in the book. <laughs> yeah, that's the important part. Um, from Bohemian Creamery. Yeah, and um, a cheese very near and dear to our hearts, my heart. And um, yeah, we're going to talk all things cheese. So go ahead, Sebastopol. Well, I'll let you take it from there. There's a... Well, um, first, thank you for inviting me. It's really fun to be here. And it's especially kind of monumental for me because um, I have been, you're the the last one standing. When I first started my business 12 years ago, you um, were one of my very first customers. And and the only two or three people who preceded you are no longer. So you are oh, it. Oh no! And wow. I am. And so here I well, sit. I'm you honored. Know, with here I sit with the stalwart of big Bohemian Creamery. <laughs> the big cheese. Here I sit with the big cheese. Yeah. Girl oh Fig is all about. I mean, they're they're into cheese. Yeah. yeah. So we have a little storefront, which is I think you were referring to, yeah. uh, on the side of the road. The sign that says "Got Froyo, Got Fondue, Got Jesus." <laughs> and oh. every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we are open to the public, and we're um, from ten to six, and we are trying to feature all delicious things made from dairy not just cheese but of course also but everything that you make everything i make and um and then i go ahead and i take whey and i make really good goat soap out of it which i had a couple bars for you in the truck and then i make every week i make a different uh soft serve frozen goat yogurt flavor last week was cajeta what was it cajeta so I'm. What's cajeta? Cajeta is <laughs> Peruvian goat caram- as caramelized goat's milk. Oh, so if oh, you take C-A-J-E-T-A. like C-A-J-E-T-A. I didn't know C-A-J-E-T-A. how to say C-A-J-E-T-A. Yeah, I didn't know how to say um, that. Cajeta. Um, how do you say it? Say it again. Cajeta. Cajeta. So you, it's like dulce de leche, but it's made from goat's milk, and it's very, you know, it's got a really distinct. Hi, Remy wonderful flavor that <laughs> i prefer it to to to, to well, cow's milk and um yeah. and and now we started um we we started to introduce people to the fact that you can eat cheese um for breakfast is beyond a fact it's a truism and uh and 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 one of the most wonderful things is to eat cheese for breakfast like they do in europe so I, we started mm. now panini and making all these really different wonderful coffees that mm. have some kind of dairy delight in them so we're 
kind of distinguishing ourselves from all everybody else who pulls an espresso around the around the hood. Wow, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that is really cool. And how is that going? Are lots of people? Well, we've coming? just started it maybe three weeks ago, and first there was the problem of putting the of signage because I had a big beautiful sign there that said Bohemian Breakfast, and then. People were upset because I wasn't serving bacon and eggs and waffles. So I, so I said, no, no, there's other. This is you got to see what's. I'm, you know. So maybe I'm gonna just take out the word breakfast and let people figure it out. But um, we've got. Uh, I make this really delicious. Okay, so I lived for years and years in Italy, and um, when I was living in Rome, south of Rome, Viterbo has this Cafe Virtuvese where you get up in the morning, any coffee shop you go to in that province, in that area, is going to be, you you walk in and you're going to get a dollop of um, absolutely fresh whipped, it's like a ricotta, and Mm. it's and they just dollop it onto your coffee. Oh and it is goodness. unbelievably good. So what I do is I make water buffalo whipped fresh ricotta and I add a little of my cajeta in there, the goat caramelized goat milk, and you dollop it into the coffee and that is just, and uh, is you don't just, know what It's you. cappuccino, like an Any, espresso yeah, machine, anything. but yeah, you yeah, have yeah, espresso yeah. machine? Yes. Yeah, wow. Now. So so yeah, I'm, I'm, it, we're, we're nascent at this and we're, we're just sort of uh, feeling it out as we go along. Most people just, you know, know us as a cheese shop. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I love it. You're yeah. just branching out. You got to, you know, not completely reinventing, but adding right, to what you're bit. doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's more work it to you, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, and plus my little space is like everybody walks into a closet and gets coffee and this and that and the other so it can be a little cramped on a hot summer day but is it the same space that we were in or did you move you moved no i've been there for 12 years so i'm out on occidental road i think that's where you came to visit me yeah okay but i turned my office into a storefront okay it would be like and then you still have your my my make room my my make room is behind it and the vat and everything yeah 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 Cool. Very cool. Wait, let's go. Let's let's step back. Yeah. Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah. How oh, did good. You, only twelve? Wait. Should God. we go back further? Let's go back <laughs> further. Yeah. Why cheese? I, don't know if I can't remember that. Well, why cheese? Uh, I mean, I backed into this. I kind of. My parents are both from Europe. I I spent tons of years in Europe, and I always loved cheese and. Um, in fact, I, I can't say that I had a grand plan to become a cheesemaker. If you told me 20 years ago that's what I would be doing, I'd, I'd probably just shake my head and wonder, what are you talking about? Um, um, I can kind of see all the strings, you know, in hindsight, how I got here. And some of it is happenstance, and some of it is just um, these slow, these, these little imprints that you, when you walk through life, that you gather and they just sit in your back pocket for the longest time. And one I had was I had a good friend in high school who lived up in Comchi, and I would get on the I'd get on the Greyhound bus and mm-hmm. uh, take it up. And, and her parents would pick me up, and and her mother used to put a couple dollars in our hand and say, "Walk up to the ridge to so and so's house." Um, and I I remember the first time doing this, and it took us 
a good hour and a half and we're walking through the forest and it was just wonderful. I was in heaven. <laughs> and we come to this clearing and I'm I'm seeing goats and and I'm hearing opera. And there was this um, wonderful man <laughs> up there who was an op like one of the prima donnas, prima uomo um, of of the San Francisco Opera Company who lives there. And he made cheese. And I remember going into his kitchen and handing him some money and him giving us some cheese in return and I think I was maybe 14 or so and I just I coveted this cheese I and I'd sort of little imprints like that um I'm kind of I you know I've always had animals I've I I had goats and my kids were really young I used to make cheese in my kitchen but I I never really thought well I'm going commercial with this so I think it's just sort of a confluence of factors of, you know, many things coming together. Um, an ex-husband who had his midlife crisis and ran off, and I always say I replaced him with 35 goats, and he has, <laughs> he has gray hair and I don't. Um, so, uh, you know, and then thinking, well, what do I want to do now in my midlife crisis? Like, what do I want to do? I don't have to answer to anybody. I. I, I just I was I had a really horrible job at the time I was working for a uh, very depressing multi tri county um, oncology clinic and oh. and just watching people die and get yes. their infusions and then die twenty four hours and all I wanted to do was like go home and chop wood and milk my goats and make like that was what I wanted to do and so I thought well now that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna try to make this be a way that I can, you know, eventually send two kids off to college and you know, it took a lot of work, wow. but there I am. Yeah. But how does that start? You say, okay, because at that time you had how many goats that you were milking just for your own? Well, just for me, I had maybe four at most. Uh-huh. And then, and then when I decided to go, go quote commercial, I started, I had 35. And so do you just go from one day four and, and then go, yes. okay, we need to get 31 more yeah. and start cranking And is it some. a particular breed? I like alpines because mm-hmm. they seem to be um, more hardy and more they're 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 well acclimated to this latitude and longitude. Uh, a couple times I've worked with um, I've tried to like interbreed to get higher higher butterfat with um, boars, you know, and they're from South Africa, and I've always had trouble whoa, with the whoa, boars. Whoa, you were you were breeding pigs and goats. No, B O H R. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> do people do ask that sometimes? It's, it's the same people who okay, come to I'm me and, and and pet my goats and say these are really cute sheep. Um, um, <laughs> but you, you found you found one that a particular um, type of goat that had a higher fat content well, I in wanted their to get higher fat content so right. I did work with you know inner you know with mixing breeds but um I have just have a lot right. better um luck with the straight alpines or you know Nubians are fine I love Nubians I love the way they look they just are kind of the Siamese cats of mm. goats I mean they're really loud and it doesn't bother me but it seems to bother anybody within about a Nubian. 20 mile radius so mm. and then Sonnen and, and Sonnens are good they got high butter fat too. They're nice, but they they're always white, and they tend to have a lot of skin issues. At least I've found that to be the case. And um, uh, and then the Lamanches, I just feel sorry for because they don't have any ears, but Aww. they're very smart. They're very smart. I just can't. They can hear. I just like they do they just have trouble have hearing. Oh. They do have trouble hearing, but they just have no. 
uh-huh, I don't know. Floppy. It's, yeah, oh. there's there's nothing to flop flop uh-huh. around when you. Uh-huh. But if, uh, this isn't in your backyard. When you had two, how much how well, much land did four, you have? When I had four, it yeah. was yeah. And then I then I leased a small dairy in Bodega, and I and moved my goats out there. And I did, and they had a milking parlor, and I milked and I made cheese out there. But it's like a fifty gallon vat. And I was there for about a year, and then grew it enough that you know I had to scale up. And so then is I there there's dairies like that that are kind of like um, custom crush pad there's facilities one, or something? There's, there's one. one that I know of in Bodega. And so people can just bring their animals and get them. Well, with a good contract, yeah, right. you can. Interesting. Yeah, mm. I've got I've got now a guy out there with a bunch of goats. He's milking for me. Um, but we're not using the facility to make cheese because it's too small. So. And when you're milking goats, is this like, like I know the dairy cows, they have the little things they hook up to their udders or are you doing this by Cups. hand? Cups. No, we have, no, it's a machine. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. that's a lot of yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> but when you were, when you just had the four goats and you were doing it yourself? Oh, with hand. Yeah. Then you were just oh, doing yeah. it by hand. Yeah, your hands hurt. Is there a special like, technique? Um... I like to say that you don't pull, like with cows, you pull. Mm-hmm. And men, maybe, or heterosexual men, may be better at this than, <laughs> <laughs> than me. But I think you, I, I just kind of grip the nipple between my, my index finger and my thumb. And then I just gently squeeze, you know, two, three, one, you know, I just squeeze my fingers down at that point. So it's more of a squeezing, not a pulling mm-hmm. for goats. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. for cattle, it's, I mean, for cows, it's more pulling. And then water buffalo? Yeah, no, they're not mine, but, um, so Double Eight Dairy, Andrew Zlot, he's really wonderful. He's got, uh, he's over in Valley Ford, so it's about a 15-minute drive for me, and those animals are really quite amazing. I, when I first, when I first went out there, I just sort of thought, well, they're big cows, and they're really not. They Mm. look you, they look you in the eye, first they know right away if they've seen you before and if they know you. And they they turn their head and they have this piercing stare like that people talk about when they come face to face with a whale or something, it penetrates you. It's like they're just undressing your soul. And and it's, um, it's, it, it, it makes you hedge a little bit. You know, you don't have the upper hand like you do with cows. Um, and I remember the first time I brought my dog with me because I bring my dog out to the dairy and, you know, out to the cow dairy and the cows look at her and run the other way. So she came in with me and she came into the pasture with me and I figured, she, you know, she's perfectly fine. She doesn't bother. She's used to animals. She doesn't chase them or have anything to do with them. Um, she kind of stays right at me. So she's staying at my heels and they charged her. Wow. So they're, they're, they knew that, you know, she, she was absolutely yeah really frightened not used to that so they're very different how big are they they weigh probably twice what the average heifer weighs they probably are around Mm -hmm. over a ton over a ton they're really big and they give maybe a third of the amount of milk Really? Yeah, I have some theories around that, but I'm not a water buffalo person, so I, 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 I have to just give you that caveat that I, I really don't know the physiognomy of these animals, but they, um, my theory is, and I have lots of crazy theories um, in this world, so this is yet another one, is that, okay, well, they originate from Southeast Asia. It's really hot. If you're a mammal and it's hot, 
you don't eat a lot. You know, whereas if you're, you know, a whale in the Bering Straits, you eat a lot because you're burning a lot of calories to keep warm. Well, you're not burning a lot of calories in Southeast Asia, you know. So you don't need to eat very much. You don't burn a lot So because you don't move a lot. So this is, again, my theory. Um, uh, So whatever that little baby takes in, it's going to have to be like really high octane milk. And that milk is 11, 12, sometimes even as high as 13% butter fat. So what is it for a goat and a cow? Uh, Cow. Well, the highest around here cow wise would be, um, as far as breed would be a a Jersey and Mm -hmm. they are maybe four and a little bit if you can get it up you four? know four four and a half wow. maybe wow that's a huge difference um and then you know sheep are about that are a little higher goats are the lowest of all goats are on the very bottom oh, wow. of the spectrum and water buffalo are on the very top wow so. and the, if you haven't seen a jersey cow before they're the ones that i always think of them as big um puppy dog eyes they have those yeah. Yeah. they're brown they're always yeah. brown and they're yeah. so sweet yeah yeah mm. They, they, Jersey cow owners always lay claim to the fact that they leave a smaller carbon imprint than any other cow because of their weight and the way that they're, um, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of truth to this, but certainly their weight, they're smaller, so they don't eat as much and they don't produce as much methane, et cetera, et cetera. And there's something about the shape of their hoof that they don't compact the soil as much Uh, as, as churn it so that they, it allows for saturation oh, and right. yeah that is that's true mm. um but when they do that that's all a part of i mean natural stuff where the when the when the cows are walking around horses are walking around it's making those little imprints in the ground and whatnot then the, uh, there's entire i'm sure species of insects and all kinds of stuff that are like that's their world is having the cows and horses do that because then it allows them access to things under the surface of the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's actually not what usually happens with cattle is that their weight compacts the soil. So it becomes harder and harder and it actually leads to drought because it makes it, it compacts it so much that you, that when the rains come, it it doesn't penetrate it. It it rushes, you know, the the top, it just rushes off the top. And so, and so that's why, you know, like the bison of the great prairies, you have these wonderful, um, I forget what they call them. The sway, it's not a swale. There's a word for it and I'll remember it. Um, that the animal makes, and the shape of its hoof actually is like having a rototiller. It kind of pushes up the soil. Right. And then they make these swales with their bodies that allow the water to, to, to retain the water on the plains and then allows for the grasses to grow, you know, in, not just allow, but, right. but, you know, nurtures the seed that's there. And that's one of the big complaints about cattle is that that's in the arid, you know, desert where we keep them in the highlands and stuff it's the wrong animal so right. they say to be right. keeping there i'm not making oh, it's so fascinating i mean it, it's incredible what nature gives us yeah. you Are you, just, do you have like, a lot of adobe it. is it out there where you are i don't think so i'm no. right on the laguna okay so, i mean petaluma i mean we're just yeah, all not, adobe yeah. no it's, no it's, yeah uh, and if you had bison out there it would be a different story yeah um but and even the the water buffalo where I mean, they make these, you, there's a lot of green there. I mean, they're making mm-hmm. a lot of swales with their bodies that retains the, 
it changes the contour of the earth to hold the water and to allow it to penetrate and then it nourishes the grasses right so um no i'm in i'm in the laguna which is you know probably just um you know loamy and very very fertile right what how did you decide on goats and and not cows or sheep was that a conscious well, decision? I, I, I mean, I always had goats, so mm. I, to me... When you I, grew up? I know, well, also when I grew up, yeah, but, um, you know, when my children were little and I was making cheese in the kitchen for umpteen years before I went commercial, it was just with goats. And they're so personable and they're so mm-hmm. smart and they are they have such characters. I think of, like, crows as goats on wings, you know? They're, mm-hmm. they're sheep I do not have that relationship with. There are maybe sheep owners who could convince me otherwise i've had meat sheep i can't even see any connection between a uh, you know between the two species sheep and goat uh and then cows are just so big and mm-hmm. um i really don't know them like i know right. the others so right. so it just seemed like it was a natural segue for mm-hmm. me yeah no they're really smart they're i think i just showed you pictures i just come mm, came back from two days for goat packing and they carry all my gear and we take off and they they forage and they follow me i don't have any leashes i don't have to worry about them running off and attacking other animals or giant <laughs> leaving giant clods of poo on the t- trail you know and they browse so um they're great fun and they they're they're just they're just so smart i have one that as soon as it gets the mother of the one who i just went backpacking with um, as soon as it gets to be 32 degrees or lower in the pasture, she's found a way to get out of these 34 acres. And I have, I'll never find, I'll never find how she does she's it. Tunneling. But she just, she knows exactly <laughs> how to get be. out. And she goes up to the, to the neighbor's house at 3.30 a.m. without fail. And she leans on his doorbell. Oh my God. And he now, I mean, she's been around for 10 years now, 11 years. So he knows when it gets cold, he knows he just disconnects his doorbell. But um, she's there. <laughs> does she want to go in the house? Uh, yeah, I guess so. She just, she just, it's the only time she does it. If That's it gets hilarious. Yeah, so. Well, goats have a reputation for being garbage disposals. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, people say, oh yeah, goats yeah, will eat anything. Goat, they'll, they'll eat like they'll a tin eat, can, they'll like yeah, they'll yeah. eat anything. Yeah. But yeah. what are they supposed to be eating? Well, they do nibble on a lot of things, but it's more curiosity. I I would say what I love another thing about I why I I just really love goats having had sheep and uh, horses and um, I guess that's it for livestock um, four legged ones. Um, I I just appreciate this. The best way I can say it is that goats um, eat in order to live, but they don't live in order to eat. So so you know I could never keep my sheep in and goats in the same pasture because the sheep will just inhale until it's gone. They don't care if it's a ton or half a ton or three tons. And then there's nothing left. And the goats just sort of, the goats are cerebral. You know, I'll come down in the morning really early to feed and the sun's coming up over the laguna and they'll all be lined up against the fence. And they'll be just standing there peacefully, you know, 50 of them in a row, just watching the sun. And I'll call them in, come on, girls, come in. And they'll look at me like, oh, my God, all you do is think about food, for God's sake. Like, look at this. Look at this in front of you. And they won't come until the sun's up and they've watched it. And then they'll just kind of mosey in. I mean, that would not be the case with any horse or sheep that I know. They would be over yeah. and done with by the 
by the time the sun's hit the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone doesn't that's listening to this that doesn't live in this area, we use the sheep as basically lawn mowers yeah. around here, and especially in the vineyards, you can bring them in and they'll eat all the the cover crops and whatever you want to yeah. get rid of. You just turn them loose, and there's companies that. They will just bring them, yeah, drop them readers. off for the day, yeah. and then come yeah. back and pick them up. Yeah. And they sort of just move yeah. them from anything spot on the spot. ground. Yeah. And then browsing is more for goats. And goats can be really good at that. I mean, look at the city of Berkeley, you know. But then they can't be dairy goats because dairy goats are sort of used to their. They're used to their diet, and you know, mine will absolutely stand in knee-high grass and wonder where their alfalfa is. You know, um, they wow. they um, they they just get accustomed and acclimated to what it is that they're that you're offering and and if you don't do that if you don't have dairy then you can def- definitely turn them out to field and they will survive happily on foraging so you're saying that they're not they're you're actually feeding them even though they're out in a field that where potentially oh, yeah. they could be eating stuff, they prefer to eat what you're giving them. Yeah, and I also have to give them that because I've For got I'm milking the them, and they've got they've got to have a lot of protein and calories and sugar and things in them that. Because. Huh. Um, I was thinking that maybe this isn't true for goats. Maybe it's just for cows. That there's, you know, when you try cheese, there's certain times of the year where the cheese tastes different because the animal is either eating green grass or eating brown like in the summer it would be brown grass so it's the the milk would have a different flavor to it but your goats you're saying would be eating the alfalfa so they're pretty much well, have a consistent you know, they flavor de- they definitely to it definitely will eat the grass they will eat right. the grass they they're not going to stand in the, but they'll but they'll prefer to eat i mean they'll definitely run to the alfalfa and they are happy to eat grass too right. but but i need to give them higher protein so so they're 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 accustomed to getting most of their the bulk of what they need their nutrients from what i give them but right so alfalfa provides protein (laughs) it's very proteinous it's a lagoon so oh i always thought of it as just like a a grass or something it's It's actually a lagoon so then do you grow alfalfa or you have to buy that at the feed store yeah i get I mean, delivered. I get it delivered. I get it delivered. I don't have, um, you know, I can't get like a truckload and a trailer load and a squee, you know, blah, 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 because I'm not, I don't have that kind of storage. So I pay probably more than per bale than, you know, a big cow dairy would. But um, yeah, I get it from Central Valley. And when that delivery comes, do the goats kind of like go, oh, here like like the mailman showing up for the dog or something you know i don't know that they always know that it's happening um and i've tried to i've tried other things too that are there was a there's a outside of yuba city there's a a lima bean grower Mm. and i've i a couple years in a row i've gotten his he doesn't he doesn't sell hay but he you know he'll take he'll bail the expended Mm. after he's run the pick the whatever you call it that oh. that mechanical picker through there uh-huh. yeah and so he'll bale the stalks and and there's still a lot of sugar and a lot of protein in, in that stock and i've bailed i've bought that and tried to use that they goats didn't go for it as readily but mm-hmm. um you know it's about two dollars a bale versus eight you know sixteen dollars a bale wow. so uh, it's worth how, getting how, them to think how about how long it. does a bale last well it depends on how many you're feeding well, like but how many would you for feed me, on a bale? For me, a bale will last in spring, 
when there's other grass and I don't have to do a lot. Uh, a bale will last maybe like three days. Three days for how Four many days. goats? It depends on how. I mean, it depends on how many I have. But at that time, I would have like maybe fifty. Okay. 60. So one bale, just like one. It's got about twenty-four bale? flakes. Yeah. Okay. So it depends like the on kind how... that you would sit on at a wedding. That's straw. That's straw. But, that's but a the little, size. That's the same the idea. size okay. is a bale. It is, but what you go for when you're buying, when you're a farmer, is you go for weight. Because okay. it's how tightly baled it is right. and what the compact is. So Got if it. they compact it and it's and it's an 80-pound bale versus a 100-pound bale, it may look it may be the same size but it's a different weight and you're getting you're so getting 20 percent more no but you know when you buy you it know. are those 80 are those two string three string are they 80 pound uh-huh. are they 100 pound um it's a whole language it's just what you find yeah 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 isn't it interesting like we have these shows and like every week we have a whole new language to learn <laughs> it's true bales strings nubians nubians <laughs> <laughs> i love it were your kids in 4-h no, or an F- FFA, anything no, like that? I would love it. Ooh, tell no, me, God do. forbid, what's, no, what's no, up with no, 4-H? No, no, they would say forbid. I'd forbid. Oh. I love that, but no, they didn't have any interest in that sort of thing. Okay. And are you on farm trails? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. I'm an active member. Nice. Okay. Like yeah. We had them on, on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Samantha. And, yeah, yeah, Samantha. And if you listen to that Hi. show, I apologize for the sound quality. We Oh, we did have a bad day that day. I, yeah. Had well, not, we, were, we were doing it. We were on the road and I been. just, I did something yeah. and I still you don't know fine. to in this day. In the McDonald's. Day. It was fine. <clears throat> no, it was just, I don't know what I was. Yeah. So there was a big, big echo. Oh. Yeah. 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 But, but you'll have them back sometime. No, yeah. I would like to do that and yeah, go talk to them again. What what was the very first cheese that you made commercially? Capriago. Capriago. Because I had my goats and I liked Asiago's. I had lived in, you know, I'd lived in Piedemonte in, and in the Veneto and I was used to all the Asiago's that come up from Alto Adici, but they're all from cow's milk. So I... I wanted to bring out the qualities of my goat's milk. So I thought, well, I'll make an Asiago, but I'll make it out of goat, cow, sorry, my goat's milk. So Capriago, but I'm not following the Asiago recipe anymore because it's better. It's just those cultures are better suited for, uh, you know, a high fat cow's milk. And that's not what I got. So I, that was my first deviation. And then from there, I remained a deviant. Um, I just deviated uh, all my cheeses. None of them are anything that um, anybody makes but me, Um, which is just my way of getting out of people saying, that doesn't taste like Gruyere. It's so creative. The only cheese that I make, that I make that I did not invent is a cheese that I named Twist and Shout. Um, I don't, you guys don't get it. It's a. Oh, I was visiting some cheese making friends of mine in in outside of Bologna, and um, we were hanging out, and we went down into their library, which is really just a dungeon. And I was digging through all these old documents and things, and I found this beautiful old felt folder, and I opened it up, and I was reading this story in this old Latin. It took me six hours to sit there and and translate it because it the recipe for this cheese and the story behind it was is 1176 years old and it was all written in it came out of sicily this wonderful latinate story about the 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 
King Norman of, of the two Sicilies, he was the king of one of the two, and I don't know which, but um, his wife, the queen, suffered from what they called the vapori. She was weepy and crying and refused to get out of bed. I figured she was just depressed, but they didn't right. call it Hormones. that then. They just said the vapori, the, the vapors. Um, so so he sent his his wise men out into the world to find her a cure, and they came back, you know, tramolti venti, well, many winds later, and said, here, the queen has to eat this cheese. And... It's um, it's a sheep cheese that's pretty easy to find in Sicily sheep milk. Um, there are probably more sheep than anything else there. Um, and it's a cooked curd cheese, which I can talk to you about when we get there if you want. Mm-hmm. But that's the only way that you can really um, keep milk is to basically dehydrate it. So you cook it, you cook all the way out of it, and that's how people figure it out to you know, absolutely extend the shelf life of this highly perishable milk uh, you know thing called milk so they cooked the curd um very hot and then um and then those wise men probably went to africa because in that recipe is saffron and toasted peppercorns oh. which just makes it so mm. special and um you know these ingredients weren't at all available in sicily at the time so that was that's a fun one yeah, wait, saffron and peppercorns? Toast, yeah, I toast the peppercorns. Mm. And it's, so, so it it's has a, like an orangish, reddish yeah, color to it? It's almost like the color of a pumpkin. Because I, I oh, sell Sandra, it when it's about don't you five have or six months. Stuff? I don't. I, I know that I, I've personally it's had expensive it. Oh, you have. Oh, oh that it? could be. I mean, uh, yeah, I haven't have make to, it. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I, I, it's expensive because it's sheep milk, which is, I'm paying almost and $10 a gallon for. And you do make sheep's, not goats. You haven't translated to a goat's milk. Mm-mm. I keep I'm keeping that I I do invent all my cheeses Mm -hmm. but that one I just think the story is so beautiful Mm -hmm. and I want to honor I want to honor it why is it called twist and shout I say come on baby work it on out you know (laughs) so it all goes back to music yeah and um I know this is a crazy question but do you have a favorite it depends on um, the day t- today yes yeah what's and interestingly favorite? yesterday was a different one. Oh. um well i started to unpack my romeo which is not a cheese mm. i usually sell this time of year i like to age it at it's least 12 cheese, months right no it's Winter? those holidays holiday, holiday cheese but there was one that was sitting under there and it was just looking so good. And I just thought, I, and I, and chefs often ask, yeah, is Romeo ready? I said, you know what the story, we got to wait till Thanksgiving. And I just pulled it out. I had it, I was giving a tour yesterday at this, on the, um, at the creamery and I sometimes like people to taste stuff that I don't have available. Just, it makes them feel special and they are special. So I gave them, um, I cut into this Romeo, so I don't know what this is going to be like. You know, I'm, I'm a couple months off, but we don't know. And we sliced into it, and it was just oh, like the first fruit of the, of the wow. year. You know, you just, it was so divine. So that's my favorite today. So does that, does that give you cause to maybe release it earlier? Or do you um, think it's a one-off wheel? I don't know. I don't, I will keep them until... The fall the because yeah because I don't have that much space in my aging rooms to age a, 
age a cheese that long and to keep a lot around Mm -hmm. and so I like to have a special holiday cheese I may consider releasing it a little earlier only because I have invented a new holiday cheese I want to try it Mm I went and I just foraged this last spring a bunch of the um, Doug fur tips Mm -hmm. and I want to incorporate them into a soft you know semi soft cheese of some kind Um, so that's going to be really good I think and we'll see what are you going to call it I have no idea unnamed yeah ooh do it in the shape of a ball and then you can call it fur ball ooh (laughs) I think that and then I'll cough when people want (laughs) (laughs) Um, can we get the well, you know, I love it when my restaurant people name my cheeses for me because they yeah. often do a better job. When I invented cowabunga, you yes. know, it was a, it's a, I have make it the soft lactic, the bodacious that you know so mm-hmm. well out of cheese, out of goat's milk. And it's a boat, it's just a lactic chevre style cheese. And, and there are four months of the year. I don't, I don't milk my goats two before they kid and two after they kid. And when I was first getting going, I didn't stagger my breeding or anything. So I simply didn't have a lot of fresh milk, right? You know, right like two months before they were about to to kid. So I um, I panicked. I thought nobody's going to buy cheese for me again. I don't have this bodacious to give them. So I went next door. I got cow's milk. I started to make bodacious out of cow's milk. And that's when I invented cajeta because I knew I had to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I milked down the doughs I could. I didn't have enough to make cheese, but I could boil these 40 gallons of milk for three days and have cajeta. And I didn't know what to call it. So I, I think it was Quince Restaurant in the city kept saying, do, I, do you have that? that bodacious I said no but I I have this thing what are you calling it I don't know we'll send some so I send some and and I didn't hear anything back and then the following week they said we're gonna take five more cowabunga and I said I don't make cowabunga I don't know what you're talking about yeah the stuff with the cajeta inside and I said oh cowabunga they said oh well that's just one of our chef that's one one of our servers started calling it that because he didn't know what to call it and I said that's perfect that's what it is <laughs> so um yes so will, the name will be furball, furball coming to you soon furball. and then you could use douglas fur ash to do the um oh, uh, a rhyme interesting we've done that on um our chef is is big into ash we're yeah, 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 yeah. put it on some different foods I think Remy um, likes the goats yeah no doubt yeah um um and everything else yeah um, <laughs> she's a kisser yeah so i that's a great idea that's a great idea huh. Do we'll yeah. be at the girl in the fig in uh, six yeah, months well, you can try it um <laughs> but so when you so sorry i, I just want to no. when you decide that you want to do this commercially like how does that you have to obviously get a business license but then as far as someone coming in from the health department you're doing this at the at the um, dairy that you were talking about, or is this your yeah, it's at first making it All at you home? Really, you, the only person you answer to is not the health department, it's and it's not it, it's not business license business at all. It's just it's I shouldn't say just because it's a big arm and a big branch, but it's the CDFA, which is the California Department of USDA, and that mm-hmm. is who you get all your authorization. That's who regulates you. That's who everything, and it's quite different from the. Department of Health. Department of Health will address dairy, but not cheese. So milking is Department of Health. And they'll come into my little shop once a year. Right. I hope they're not listening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So so the Department of Health, Environmental Testing and Sciences and Services through the county will come 
I think they come every week to dairies at least wow. maybe once a month at most, but I think they, there are most, the big ones will come every week and they look, um, you know, they look at a lot of stuff, yeah. but, the, but if you're a cheese maker, it's, it's quarterly inspections by the CDFA. Okay. And then wh- how do you approach going, uh, going about selling it? Do you decide, okay, I know there's these specific stores that, that I would like to carry it or hit restaurants. Well, I or- mean, this is where I have really have to tip my hat to first. I tip my hat to Sandra for being my first and still standing customer. And secondly, I tip my hat to Jim Reichart, um, because he, he, you know, I didn't know him that well, but he knew what I was trying to do. And he said, uh, and, and you know, it's really expensive when you start selling to distributors and things, you lose a lot. They take it 23, 25, 26%. And when you're trying to get going, it's, it's really, I think it's impossible for me. It was the, the numbers just would never have, have worked. He said to me 12 years ago, um, I'm going anyway. Yeah. Just bring me the cheese. I'm going. And, and he said, here's a list of all the chefs I sell to. Here's their names. Here's their telephone numbers. Give them a call. Tell them I sent you. Yeah. I mean, and to this day, and, and I mean, I, I could, I said, after the first year or two, I said, okay, Jim, I have to pay you something. I mean, can't. He said, I'm going anyway, and I said, no, I have to pay. He says, okay, give me one percent, or or two. You know, so I give him right. like a, a whopping two percent. Do you still and do it? Yeah, is that I would Tucker? Be, Tucker told us that's how his stuff was getting there. I know it's amazing. So if if you're listening out there and you don't I'm know probably, Jim, so uh, Jim Reichart is uh, is the one that he's fourth so generation cool. duck farmer in Petaluma. Uh, his daughter Jennifer just got married. Congratulations! Yes, by yes. congratulations! Beautiful bride. Um, but um, um, yeah, they they raise the Liberty ducks, the beautiful ducks. So if you have eaten duck in a restaurant here in the Bay Area, most likely you've had um, ducks from Jim Reichart. But it, he, I don't know if it was him that was talking about that. That no, I think we Tucker had, um, told us. Okay, because uh, Sandra and I had from um, KJ, had Kendall Jim. Jackson, the farmer Kendall Jackson. Oh, that's he right. Have, he, he was saying that it, yes, sometimes they were sometimes. their their paths would cross, same, and so Jim would say, yeah. "Oh, really? Jim would yeah." Say, Just I know he on. takes but the bunnies. Generous, he takes the bunnies. Yeah. He takes oh, the bunnies for Mike pa- from, from Mark Pasternak from yeah, my, my, from oh, from yeah. Devil Gulch. He takes yeah. he. So I'm on the duck and bunny truck. That's awesome. And it, you know, legally, I'm probably not supposed to be because yeah. I shouldn't have the cheese in with the meat with the blah, blah, blah. But yeah. you know what? If you're a small producer, you got to do it. Come on, yeah, yeah. Well, and, the, and your businesses line up in such a great mm-hmm. way too. When you're yeah. talking, and that's and what a great thing that he's doing because what oh, are you doing? Really you're saving gas. Wonderful. You're saving. I mean, uh, oh, everything. It's just about the kindness of his heart. I don't think yeah. you know. It's not his business, and it's yeah. not mm-hmm. something he would want to get a whole bunch Do you of have phone to get calls. Get it to yeah. him, or does he come? Yeah, to no, 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 no. You I, get it I'll, to him. God, yeah. yes, I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so so then he just starts dropping cheese at at restaurants, and for me, you told him, you told him just. Give them, give some samples to some of the no, chefs. No, 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 no. I make all the calls and I set mm-hmm. everything up. I okay. go down there. I meet with the chefs. I meet with the purveyor. I meet with whomever, and I, and I, and I do a whole sampling and a whole, you know, dog and pony show. And then I get the order. And then, you know, all, you know, I, I take care of it all. Um, and then Jim delivers for me. Hmm. And what percentage, you know, when you go in and you're talking to people and you're showing them your cheese and they're tasting it, what percentage? Like what kind of retention do you have when you sell them cheese for the first time? How, what percentage of people are getting you back a week later, two weeks later? I think if I think when I peg it right, you know, 
the higher end um it i've had many people for many years i think it's i think when i get into the mid-range it gets hard especially now for restaurants in the bay area there's there's the competition's gotten so much tighter than it was when i first started when i first started the playing field was smaller and it seems like there are so many more restaurants trying to get you know the techie dollar and um they're all they're all having to to really crunch that it's the, the competition is so much greater and oh, the risk is so much higher and it, it's so much than 10 than 12 yeah. years ago i've watched so many restaurants go under yeah and and it, i, and I find it standing. amazing that sandra has been in business for how long she has because i know working at, you know i grew up working in restaurants yeah it's, it's tough it's really so tough. you really have to be smart and hard working so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and but in the city I think it's just oh, it's it's, even, it's yeah, triple fold I can't what you get here. Thank God I've never yeah, done that gone there. Not yet. But no. you know like <laughs> we have been doing cheese since 1997. That's when we started. Um from day 1 we had a cheese something, a cheese tray, a cheese cart, a cheese, you know, um something. And the you know everything has gone up. Absolutely everything. And it's like there are a ton of cheeses that I would love to carry, mm-hmm. but they're out of our range. Mm-hmm. We just cannot possibly get the return between the wastage, between you know um, the rotation, between other people's hands touching mm-hmm. stuff and not having that ownership yeah. in the middlemen. And it's it's really um, crazy. And so you go, do you have really good quality and you serve less mm-hmm. um, so that you can still have that variety? But people people will say, oh, my God, I can't believe you just charged blah, blah, blah. And I got yeah. like this tiny sliver mm-hmm. of cheese. Well, we weigh, for the most part, our portions. It's either one and a half or two ounces per cheese and usually three cheeses. But, yeah, to a consumer, you know, that's at home, that mm-hmm. buys some cheese, takes the cheese out, and they don't realize they've eaten the whole mm-hmm. meal, you yeah. know, within yeah. a couple hours, the, yeah. the perception is so different. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's hard, and it's, I totally get that it's hard, yeah. you know, as a producer, because those prices are going up. Yeah. You know, And everything. it's particularly hard for me on a moral level and an ethical level, because I was raised, you know, in the People's Republic of Bolinas by these kind of pretty... <laughs> Um, I mean, intellectual socialists. And, and you know, I studied philosophy. I was a Marxist. And I, I can't believe that I have to charge $23 yeah. a pound for and what, yeah, what, what I'm really, the same way. And, and what really worries me most is I think it's part of the bigger... I think it's... I think I, I like you, are having to make... Um, concessions to a larger capitalist system that Mm -hmm. doesn't for me cut me as a small producer the economies of scale so even when we were talking about hey i have to pay twice what i can't what because i don't i'm not feeding that many animals i don't have that much storage so i pay twice the amount my feed costs me twice what it does if i were three times bigger yeah so i don't and and that just that just domino effects down in right. so many different packaging and everything and everything and everything. I don't consume as much. I don't buy as much. So I don't get the, the volume breaks discount. So it's just more is more, more, more. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I think what in the bigger picture, what I really have noticed in my lifetime 
is how, you know, when I was a kid, we all shopped at the same grocery store. I mean, maybe, right. maybe, Acme. you know, maybe the plumber didn't buy the filet mignon. Maybe the doctor's wife mm-hmm. bought the filet mignon, but it, it was the same cow. And, and we all saw each other there. And now we have become so stratified also in, in our food that, that, that people with you know, middle or low income do not have access to good food anymore. And, and so we've got the food for less and we've got the whole foods. And Walmart, you're never we, have get- a, we have a, like a mini Walmart in Runner Park. It took over what used to be Pacific Market. And I'm a, my bank- Is it all food? Um, really? No, but they, actually it, it is. It's basically a, a supermarket. A supermarket. Um, yeah, my, my credit union is by there. So whenever I go to the bank, I see all these people and they're all walking out bags and bags of groceries that they're buying from Walmart. Yeah. I mean, and Target now has groceries. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but, but what's the quality of what they're buying? Right, I don't know. Right. And I that's don't, what I'm yeah, saying. I don't it's know like where's it coming from? I mean, from even Costco, know. you know, Costco used to be, yeah, buy in bulk, right. but now Costco has Wagyu beef and it's got some serious, you know, I saw a picture once of some woman who bought like the largest lobster ever. It was like three feet tall. I mean, it was huge. Like where is Costco getting like these items? Mm. But, you know, and again, their model is, you know, also buy more. more. You have to buy buy more, more but you also pay less and higher quality. Exactly. Because you're buying more. It's the same it's the same, yeah. you know, it's the same, yeah. it's the alfalfa phenomena. Right. And it's the same there. Oh, that's that you a have new to buy. theory, the alfalfa phenomena. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You have a few books in you. Do you know that? <laughs> you really do. You, Your storytelling is beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So so let's just continue on. So you're doing, you're doing goats, and then at some point you decide, hey, let's, um, let's play around a little bit with... Um, with cow or with water buffalo and and why do people have water buffaloes around here anyway like do, are they indigenous were they native to california no no they're southeast people Asia, love buffalo but, mozzarella but yeah they're, yeah the, so mozzarella is bufala in italy and bufala. it's only made from water buffalo milk. Uh-huh. and we didn't have water buffalo here in the states so we made it out of cow's milk but if you go to italy any what we call what they, what we call mozzarella, they don't. They call it bufala because it's made out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're asking, how did I get into all these other milks? I kind yeah. of, well, I kind of, I thought part of my kind of intuitively, I didn't write any of this down, but I thought I got to be a one-stop shop, you know, because because then they're, you know, if they if they need, you know, if the chefs need some kind of cow's milk, then they'll only kind of call me for the goat. But if right. but if they need cow's milk and then they realize oh i need goat too that you know so i just kind of thought just stop here and i'll get it all for you so that was Mm -hmm. my idea it's a little bit foolish in that most cheesemakers you know anybody with in their right mind would scratch their head because i mean i am like the little old lady who lives in a shoe you know, who has so many cheeses, she doesn't know what to do. I mean, if there no, were it's like, like Jeff Cohn, like if, all yeah, his wines. Yeah, if yeah. there were like a contraception for a, contra- <laughs> a contraceptive for for a cheesemaker, I want it because I I make eighteen cheeses. Wow, and, and that's like not around the clock, not around the calendar right. clock, but 
but I, I, I do. I mean, within 12 months, there are 18 cheeses, and at any one time, there are at least 13. So, so um, it's, it's kind of, I'm told that it's kind of foolish, and I just hope I don't get any inspiration, because I, it's, it's more the inspiration <laughs> that, I, that gets me to do it, more than any, I mean, it makes no business sense to do it. Well, it's, right. the, same, it's the same for me. It's the same, you know, why I would have a new project. I mean, there's something to be said about that creative process yeah. of doing that, and then once you, you know, your it's happenstance right. it's not quite as exciting and right, right. you know time can right go you have this great sex but then you have this yeah, baby and then you go okay if you keep doing babies. yeah there's there's a point where you have too many things going yeah. too many air balls in the air yeah. and then you go oh shoot i can't manage all this yeah. so um I'm, i think I'm, that comes yeah. with our age yeah yeah and the wisdom in you know can you can you make you know, 18 cheeses really well consistently. And right. Most do you only can... sell to restaurants or do you have some stores? I sell to some retail stores, not many, but that's why I More have my, re- that's why I have my own yeah. retail shop. Because a lot of times, a lot of times, no. um, um, <laughs> oh, um, so, um, I, I like to, um, uh, you would, the problem with that I've had with some retail stores is that there's a, instantaneous markup like if you did right. if you do like the small franchises it's fine like the big Juans up in Healdsburg or um, Mission Cheese in San Francisco I sell a lot too Palace Market surprisingly I sell a lot too little Palace Market in um, I mean they just came by and carried off close to a thousand dollars worth of cheese this morning and they'll do that wow. every, every week every other week um, but it's because they don't need to realize the two three hundred percent markup and so they're happy with a simple 50% or, you know, wow. and that works a lot better for me and for them because they move the cheese. It doesn't go bad. Um, but I used to sell to whole, whole, um, whole foods and they don't operate that way. And so they're, they're having to toss a lot of cheese or sell cheese that they really shouldn't be selling. Yeah. At least mine that it hasn't, you know, it's, it's just reached past this point, you know, and, um, so it's highly perishable, so they mark it up, which seems funny to me. It's like if it's highly perishable, mark it down and you'll yeah. move right, it. Right, sell you know? more. But if it's highly right. perishable and they, you know, they they mark it up huh. because they anticipate loss. Right. And it's just I don't quite understand the thinking behind that, but maybe yeah, I don't. Maybe either. I have to get enlightened. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, or carry fewer cheeses so you don't yeah, have. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, that's the thing also with the restaurant. I mean, for the most part we'll carry one at a time and used to be that way for wine too like just we have limited amount of real estate on the menu Mm -hmm. you know so you you can't always sell everything to a restaurant and you need to keep having more accounts to you know do are you do you feel like you're making for your demand or you are making and then you need to find I make outlet. for my demand. You make for your demand. So you can, if things are slow, you can scale things back or you make more or... Yeah, and the nice thing is, is that, you know, with the aged cheeses, you know, I don't oh, sell them today, yeah. fine. I can sell them next right. week or next month or right. two months or three months from now. So but the you know, cheeses. So the fresher cheeses, you got to move fast. You got to know what your market is and you got to mm-hmm. know who's, who's, you know, who wants what. Right. And, and no distributors? <clears throat> nope. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that is you. really... 
really cool. Do you do a cheese club? No. No cheese of the month club or Mm -hmm. not dealing with that? Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. No, not dealing with that. Yeah. And are you the one that's personally making all the cheese or have you trained some young people to... I have one good helper right now. And I had one very, I had another good helper before him. And then prior to that, I was just juggling it all. Um, Because I think it's really hard, as I know you know, to, uh, I mean, I certainly tried a lot of people, but it's hard, it's hard, it's hard for for people to stick in this, in my particular line, because if you don't, I mean, certainly if you're saying you want to come work at the cheese shop that's easy everybody's been to a store everybody knows how that operates but people have this idyllic you know this idyllic sense or picture of what it is to make cheese and they maybe they think that they're like Heidi in the mountains and they're going to be skipping through fields with buckets of milk and you know these cute little yes exactly yodeling (laughs) away and and you know and and I don't I think they just can't understand stand until they actually do it the amount of physical work that's involved you have to be like hyper crazy and it's exhausting for a lot of people i've had 27 year old men say throwing the towel after a week saying this is too much i can't do this yeah it seems like something a chef would would want to learn like it seems like one of those things that you want to learn but maybe not necessarily do all the time right like you want to know how the the process and and how the things get made and then after that you're like okay let's move on it's a curiosity thing and that's what happens it's like i'm curious i'll do it for a while and the people stick are the people who either you know are good friends with hard labor and not new to it at all and so it's what they know um or like the fellow I have now was a you know wine producer who's always in production, food production, and he knows what it is to work and clean. I mean, he knows what the day looks like. Yeah. He's just working with milk instead of wine, so that works. Um, but it, it's been a hard it's been a hard pair of shoes to fill. Yeah. And Buffalo, so I got confused because you said we used to just use cow's milk and call it. In the United States. In Buffalo Mozzarella. But who brought the actual buffaloes? I have a friend who has buffalo. Water buffalo? Or bison? No. Oh, good question. I don't know. It might be water buffalo, but would they be in Colorado? Potentially? I I forget. Who I went to high school with. And did they bring them here just specifically to, to make cheese? Wow. They're all Italian strain, and there's on the Texarkana border is where you get most of the semen for it, uh-huh. and they do all the AI, and they're, it's all Italian. So Caesar bought, brought them in his world escapades to Italy, and that's where it started. Huh. You know, and then, so a normal dairy, so like, like any dairies around here, you know, owned by, you know, Benedetti's, Gamanini's, Antonini's, uh, Dolcini's, um, when you have cows and you have the the, are you are you letting them have um, sex? Like, are they repro- They're not. So once they have a kid, they're AI. They're almost all artificially inseminated. So they're artificially inseminated. They have their calves or whatever, and then at that point, that's the last time, and they're, then they're just producing milk for twenty twenty five years, something like that, possible. Um, and I don't think that. No, I think. I don't know. Okay. It could be. It 
could be, but I'd be surprised. And but for your goats, are you just letting them run around and breathe? Yeah, goats are easier. Yeah, goats. Goats first. Goats don't come into season like cows do. Like cows are like people; you can breed them throughout the year. But mm-hmm. goats don't. Goats have their little window of opportunity. Why? And uh, just who they are, just huh. what they are. Um, it, probably having to do with foraging. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, and sheep are the same, and it's about the same window. It's a little shorter a window for go- for sheep than it is goats, um, and they um, and you can just I think I think a lot of times you don't want to have your bull out there for meat for meat they do they do it's okay but for dairy I think that there's a with the udders and everything there's a lot of damage and that they're protecting their cow uh-huh. um, because there's a lot of, they can get injured really easily. So how many females do you have and how many males do you have? I rotate my bucks because I don't have, I have to keep the bloodline kind of, you know. Wait, no, what does that mean? Well, I can't have the same buck, um, you know, mating with his daughter because my genetics will be right. Okay. It won't be good. Okay. So I have to, I borrow bucks sometimes. I try to keep, it's the buck line where I try to keep that moving and rotating all the time. And they don't, I don't keep my bucks in with my does because if you've ever been around a buck, um, they have a certain smell, je ne sais quoi. Uh And I I actually like that smell, but then I like the smell of skunk and armpits (laughs) and things like that. But, um, that's a lot of the times you will hear people say, oh, I don't like goat's milk cheese. You know, it's got that kind of ranchy Tang. barnyard. Yeah. And I actually agree with them. I don't like that taste in my goat's milk cheese either at all. Um, and what that taste is, is the pheromone from the buck that transfers mm-hmm. into the into the doe's milk stream. And if you keep uh. your milkers around a buck, that milk will take on that pheromone taste and it enters you know it's becomes then a part of your cheese and i prefer that not to be the case so i i breed separately and apart and away from anybody who's being bred is not being milked okay and then there's just a certain time of year where you have the bucks available to the yeah. to the girls fall yeah yeah and have you tasted cheese from other producers where you go, oh, man, they have their bucks in their own. Oh, time. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's uh, and so that's kind of, yeah, you're thinking that's kind of bad for you because then people think that that's the way that people make that association. Tastes. And I understand that. But I mean, it's not something that I I personally don't like it. And so yeah. I I just won't do it. I mean, goat's cheese has a specific flavor profile, I think, a, a taste to it. If you put sheep, cow and goat. In, in front of me, I'm pretty sure I could pick out. Um, if it were a so fresh far. goat cheese, I think you right, probably could. Right. But if it weren't, I don't. I'm not so convinced. Okay, so a harder cheese, a yeah. more aged cheese, you think yeah. would be a little bit tougher. Oh yeah. Okay. Are you an American Cheese Society person? I have been the on the past. edges of okay. it, but it's I'm not. Expensive too. Yeah, I'm to not. Do. I'm not. I'm not much of a club person. Right. I'm kind of a <laughs> antisocial. Yeah. I'm more of an introvert. I don't really like. Um, I'd much rather hang around a bunch of goats and a bunch of cheesemakers, and yeah. and um, it's just me. Yeah, it's just me. Um, I'm not. I don't have the time and wherewithal. Right. Number one, well, it's but a number huge, two, I don't really. Commitment. Yeah, I just yeah, don't have the inclination, a, more, mm-hmm. and I don't really enter into all those contests. Awards. Like, yeah. I just think it's always the same group of people that are you know, king konging their chest every 
year mm-hmm. and they just shift spots and mm-hmm. uh, I I just I don't I don't have it in me but um but sometimes I wish I did to mm-hmm. be honest mm-hmm. well some of it some of the marketing helps in the sales absolutely you know I think that's the biggest yeah draw yeah. for yeah. anything and yeah. so there's probably some small cheese makers that their whole marketing budget is yeah. to be in and especially if you're in a store and you're trying to distinguish yourself exactly. from all the other cheeses and you can say you can make, make that right. claim right i think it's fast it's it's yeah what what could help you more i mean it's instant marketing yeah i mean i'm i sell to chefs and it's getting on the phone with them every week and having a chit chat mm-hmm. about their kid and about what's going mm-hmm. on this summer and you're a true and, artisan and quetching about you know this that and the other that's not going you know the traffic the whatever getting to work that day so i mean it's so much it's on such a personal level now that i feel like i could i could all i don't want to say i could almost make dog food cheese and they buy it but no i I don't (laughs) know but but i mean we know each other so well that it's they'll say what's good right now and i can be really honest and i say i wouldn't get that right now don't do it it won't be how you like it, right. and they and they we understand each other. They don't always order the same cheese just because they like it, because they know that cheeses are like people, you know. And they move through time like we do, and you know, you didn't look or taste like you did twenty years ago, and my cheese won't tomorrow as it did last mm-hmm. week. So, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot kind of conversation that we're just. You know, I know them so well. I know what they want. I know what they don't want. Yeah. And two two chefs can have a really different idea of what of oh, the stage totally. of the cheese they want. I mean, interesting, like Chez Panisse, who buys cheese from me every week. They, I have a kind of a Frenchy style cheese, the Flower Power. They won't buy it when it's when the French buy it. You know, like all my French chefs will not buy it when Chez Panisse buys it. They don't want to have anything to do with it. But why is that? I don't know. Chez Panisse wants it super fresh. And which it, cheese not, again? The one you're buying. Flower, Flower power. power. Flower Power. Yeah, they want it super fresh. And 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 my other and and there are French chefs who will not go near it until it's at least three weeks old. But Chez Panisse will not go near it if it is three weeks old. So it hmm. it's just learning. I mean, this is just mm-hmm. you know, I'm just saying this it's just learning. Who wants what? I mean, at what stage is that's the important mm-hmm. thing? So, you got any friends that are vegans? <laughs> this God. is we go back to the thing in the beginning. Why the very first or second second that we were talking he said why these two weeks? He's been a practicing oh. vegan for this month. I'm, I'm going for a month. Oh. Um, but it's been two weeks and I was, yeah. I'm He's so happy that He's you didn't bring whore. cheese today. Cause it's, I'm so bummed. Yeah, I'm sorry, but, but it, I'm okay. so happy that I'm you happy didn't bring cheese I'm actually because happy. I've had to stare at cheese. And, well, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that there are people I'm sure who truly are lactose intolerant and I can bet you that they're about a one millionth percent of the people who say they are. Mm-hmm. And I get them coming into the creamery, especially I'm, the first to diss West County. I live out there. I just, I, the oversaturation of the importance of the first person, me, myself, and I, is 
unbearable. Mm -hmm. And it's what they call, you know, the people will refer to them as the hippies. You know, I'm not going to eat GMO. I'm not going to eat this. It has to be organic. Has to be this. I don't know, the hippies when I was growing up, they were thinking of social justice. They were thinking outside themselves. You know, in Bolinas, we were always protesting the war, protesting nuclear power. I mean, we weren't ha trying to have 20-minute conversations with a very busy cheesemaker about our GI tract. You know, I, <laughs> I, I just don't have much patience for it. Yeah. So... It, it's not, I, I, will, I will absolutely, you know, stop the wheels at anybody who really, truly, medically, whatever. But I don't want to hear about what people can and can't eat anymore. Right. It's yeah. just not interesting to me. This is, if that's your crusade in life, you are so self-centered. Not you. But, um, but, but. <laughs> it's an but, experiment. But can you please just, you know, I just want to tell, throttle people who come into the creamery and, and have these, try to have these conversations with me. Because yeah. I. I, I well this is your craft well it's not that it's that I just don't like to see this the state of people's minds become so self-oriented and it makes me so sad for this world like truly I could start to cry right now um, because you know we I mean we should we should we should we need to think beyond ourselves and and if and if all you're thinking about is um your gluten or your whatever whatever vegan whatever um it it's just and they do all sound like that by the way <laughs> <laughs> so so sound okay. like allergic to cinnamon the guys i much prefer the people who come into my creamery and say you know into the storefront and they say do you make cheddar cheese i will take that over are your cheeses gluten-free? I mean, just because I I I know where I know ninety nine percent of the I mean, I'm sure I'm making lots of enemies here, but the, I don't care. It's I don't okay, care. we 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 don't have a million downloads yet, so you're only pissing <laughs> off like fifty thousand people. Okay. But but what about what are your feelings about nut cheeses? Um, I don't think they should be called cheese, and that's what people are talking about because cheese is made cheese, out of milk, yeah. and um, by definition, and call it something else. Like um, what? What should we tell them to call it? Nocciola. We should come up with a name. Nocciola, latte di nocciola. I don't know. I don't know. I, you'd find yeah. you, there's plenty of things. Yeah. If we can come up with furball, we can come up with. Uh, yeah. Uh, See, that could like be that. that could be it. We, you could come up with the name. Yeah. For what nut cheeses, yeah. quote unquote should be called right yeah. something like kleenex and then everyone knows okay if it's kleenex i know what it it's is not tissue. even though it's not right yeah. right yeah yeah yeah. Huh. yeah yeah that's what it needs seriously i i agree well kleenex is a brand that right. got translated but, it, but right. cheese is not a brand the right. definition of cheese is you know fermented product that's made that's made right. from milk so so it just doesn't fit into the definition of what cheese is which right. is always an animal well, it's definitely coming in, you know. But I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I think it's wonderful. I think that the more creative that people can be, and um, I'm not opposed to veganism either at all. I, I, believe me, I really want to say that because I do think that we overconsume and that the, the animal, you know, the imprint and our beef and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and cow on this, it's, it's, it's finite now. Um, so we do have to learn new ways to eat and new proteins insects yeah. and etc i mean it will be like that absolutely yeah. and i'm not going to fight that what i'm object to is that it becomes um 
a personal crusade and not a social crusade. And right. that's what I'm, that's my objection. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I am making it my own personal crusade. Well, you just luckily it's survive. just for a month. We go through this month, we're doing the vegan thing. Sometimes it's a month of no alcohol. Yeah. That's a little Well, that'll be October. Yeah. That's How great. about coffee? Have you gone without coffee, or you do that? Anyway? You know, I'm. I think I'm going to do this. So I was. I think I was mentioning this to you the other day. I'm going to go a, a month on um, only drinking water, and I don't mean oh, I'm yeah, not yeah, not yeah. eating food. Liquid. Right. I'm eating food. That's your liquid. But, is but water. the only thing I will drink, Beverage. so no coffee, no tea, no yeah. alcohol, will just be water because I'm you, um, filtered water. Well, Some that's what we have at the, at the house. Just, we have okay. a filter on our thing, and then we yeah. have a BPA-free thing that sits in the fridge. So yeah, I gotta get you know, mine. You, you get used to it. I think you do. I crossed yeah. two, not last. When was it? A year and a half ago, I crossed the Atlas Mountains with a mule, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, you know, I walked from Morocco to Algeria, and I didn't. All I had was water, and it took me yeah. weeks. And I water tasted so good. I didn't want anything. You t- it took you weeks to cross the. Three weeks. Yeah. Tell us about that trip. Oh, I will. But I really wanted to say <laughs> that after the after the initial, oh my god, coffee, no coffee. You after you, yeah, you, oh, you no realize coffee. how your body, what you're really, I think what your body really wants is water. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a, I've done that before in the morning. I, my wife seems to think it's going to be a huge thing without coffee, but she drinks coffee every morning. She's, oh my God, you're going to get headaches. I've gone days where I don't have coffee. And sometimes I wake up and I will, I'll slam, uh, we drink everything out of mason jars. So I'll, mm-hmm. a whole, uh, cold glass of water and just slam and take my, um, my iron or thyroid medicine or whatever. And I think it has the same effect <clears throat> that drinking the coffee does. Like it's your your body, yeah. It's hydration. For, well, yeah, it's hydration. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it sort of wakes you up too, and right. you're like, oh, cool, right. I'm, yeah, I'm ready I'm, to I've, go. I, yeah, <clears throat> I'm imbibing something once again on this new day of my life. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever remember thinking, oh, I have a headache right now. Oh, it's because I didn't have coffee today. I don't, I don't feel like I've ever been that person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what the hell are you doing I hiking for three? You do what? If I don't have coffee for three days, I generally get a headache. But, but it's a lot not, of most people do. Yeah. But it's not the first day. It's like after. No, it's not usually the first day. It's definitely the second or third day. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't get it the first day. Or oh. if I do, I'm not noticing it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. What do you? You just kind of yeah, glanced over your hiking, uh, hiking for three well, weeks. What on I a- like to do is to find, in, I like to find the very few pockets that are left on this planet. It seems, where people live as they've always lived, mm-hmm. and I mean for hundreds and hundreds of years, and there just hasn't been, modernity hasn't crept in internet hasn't crept in you know and so i liked walking through the atlas mountains because there are most of these villages are are not accessible by car where exactly is that where is the i started in marrakesh and i took a i took a uh a bus up to this imlil and then i hired this berber they're all berbers out there and i got his and, and he had a mule and we just started walking and we would come to little villages and what i like so much about it is by just yourself meeting, mm-hmm. what i like is i like i like meeting people who i can have something like you wouldn't think like a, a white educated jewish girl could get down and dirty and have a really good time discussing goats and sheep with 
a Berber guy, you know, an old Berber man. And we do. We sit and we we trade how we trim the hoofs. We trade milking techniques. We trade, you know, all kinds of all kinds of stories about our animals. And so I feel like, wow, this is this is my connection to these people. Um, is are the, are the are the animals, yeah. and and I like to see how they care for them. And they had lots of questions for me, and I showed them pictures. And I had lots of questions for them. So that I like that because I I, I feel like I, I have this I I understand at least a part of their lives because at least a small part of their lives is very much looks very much like. A small part of my life. Yeah. No and shower in how many days? <laughs> no, I. Um, <laughs> I'm like I'm not ready to go there. She yet, said she I'm... loves the smell of underarm and feet. I mean, yeah, she's not I concerned know, about that shower. Yeah. Why do you think I'm sitting on the floor of the table here? <laughs> Just despairing. I've been sitting because I can. Yeah. <laughs> you can smell it from there. No, I can't smell a thing. Mm. Yeah. Where's so? Where's your next um, trip? Where do you want to go? What's your? Um... I'm gonna hike through the Annapurnas. Where's that? East of Tibet. East. east Wow, how do you you make this happen? Well, it takes quite a bit of preparation because of the cheese and that. But what I I usually do is I leave in January because January is a good, not for that area because it's going to be full of snow. But I try to go... You know the restaurant world dies, as you know, right. after the holidays. Right. So yeah, usually everyone not... does renovations in January. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if I don't, I do a deep clean. I fix what needs to be fixed, and then sometimes I just I close up shop and I just go away. So um, I try to pick. You know, ideally it would be some somewhere in the southern hemisphere. You know, mm-hmm. during that time. But sometimes I've got too much to do, too much to fit. I can't go. Right. Like last, I just I can't go in the middle of winter. You know, I had so much I had to deal with. Right. Um, last winter I. But did, it though. charges you up, right? It or does I, it make you tired? Uh, it just it. It absolutely charges me up, but. It doesn't make me, you know, excited to come back necessarily. It right. makes me want to just keep me and like keep, keep going. Yeah, yeah, I just want to keep walking. Yeah, yeah. I never felt like okay, you know, I'm done you with feel this. Fear? Any afraid of? No. Yeah. I wow. Don't. You're hardcore. You are. <laughs> well, don't watch TV and your fear level will go down. I, I think I'm when just, you're, I'm scared to go to you know, Oakland to pick up a puppy. I know. When, when you end up traveling I around, know. you end up I meeting mean, people. I you're like, I'm a superstar. Go there. Oh, so good. Really? Oh, I love that restaurant actually. But go to the one in Oakland. It's oh, so okay. Good. Oh, I love that. That was that the first tea one. Salad. So mm. good. Isn't that good? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I haven't been to Oakland in a while for Get food. The dog. Yeah. Um, well, you know, no, it's interesting because if I, I don't have a huge problem like traveling alone. London, you know, a few days alone in France, a few, you know, mm-hmm. no, I don't get nervous. I don't like tense my body. Like if I'm walking somewhere, I don't feel like I have to like hide my money or anything. But sometimes in the US, I don't feel as good. Mm. I do. I f- I'm really have to be mm-hmm. on guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I used to go to, Cuba. I used to sneak into Cuba a lot uh, after I, because I was a big love salsa Cuba. dancer, and I'd sneak in. You were a salsa dancer. Yeah, oh I was my like gosh! Completely. So I'd sneak in there 
couple times a year and I would go through and I Miami would, um, or Mexico I'd go through Mexico you can't there were no right. there were no flights to yeah. from Miami so I'd go through Cancun right anyway I remember you know dancing till all hours and coming out in Havana and saying and my and I'm saying I remember looking at my friends like are you sure I can walk back home it's like three in the morning for the morning They're like why couldn't you they didn't understand yeah. even why I was it was a question them. yeah like, why why can't you yeah I felt totally safe everywhere in Cuba. Yeah. Thought it was just incredible. Yeah. Sad you can't go now for a bit. Well, you can. You can. You got to find the way. Yeah. Yeah. Just go the old way. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The old way. Yeah. I, um, I, I seriously think you should start recording some of your stories. I think there's a I lot did. of... I just did. No, I know. What but I think this? to get it in a book, <laughs> I think you have a lot of cool stories to tell. Oh, thank you. I feel like i got to wait till I'm an old and, woman. and I mean, I am an old woman, but then an even older woman to do that. You <laughs> Where know? you when have a little still. bit of extra time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your kids doing? Uh, Sam, at this very moment, is he just graduated last week from UC San Diego and yeah. he's trekking he's, he's, and he's walking off he's walking he's hiking through the Colorado mountains somewhere with a friend of his I don't quite know where wow and <laughs> um, off the grid oh yeah completely yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's he'll, he'll go on to do amazing things and my daughter is just got a great job um community she's the opposite of me she's a total extrovert she can't understand why it is i don't you know stop and say hi have a nice day you know she's one of those people and i just like she she thinks i'm just an old curmudgeon and i embarrass her nonstop. um uh and she just, she's a community outreach director, developer for of development for uh, the American Cancer Society. So oh, fabulous! She that. Yeah, she's a definite do-gooder. Wow. Yeah. and she we need people like her. She yeah. definitely yeah. she if she isn't she you know she isn't happy unless she feels like she's doing good in this world. And I figure mm-hmm. I must have raised her right. That's good. And then she's not a curmudgeon like her mom, so she can actually do the good that needs to be done. I'd start doing it and I'd say, oh, but there are too many people involved in this. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be a do-gooder for goats. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's necessary. Yeah. It's needed. Anyway. Yeah, so would you see yourself at any time passing on the torch to someone else and maybe just you make me an offer collecting checks instead of <laughs> make working. me an offer no I don't want to okay. collect I want to collect one final check which is you know by for the biz Ramer, yeah. yeah I I had a sheep farmer family wanted to buy it for a while and that was going to be exciting because I had been buying milk from them for a long time and they were Central Valley and we had a lot of back and forth but they would have had to come up with some money and I mean I had it Evaluated and everything, and it. Um, I'll you know I, uh, I think it's a fair number, and it's just that they had. Uh, it, it would be hard for them to find a loan, um, and it was right around the time where they probably could have gotten a VAPG grant or or a FSA grant through the uh, Department of Ag. I've had both of those, and they're fantastic, but um, there was the the budget freeze and 
cuts right. and all that stuff. So this isn't the nicest administration to try to get help from yeah. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not the nicest administration um, in all ways that I yeah. can think of, but um, also including agriculture. So, yeah, a lot of ag people are not behind Trump at all, which is interesting because they're usually the, you know, pretty conservative group. Right. Um, well, if, I mean... Maybe not around here, but if you look at the Farm Bureau and you see what they what they have been up to and what they put their money behind, if you're, you know, a West Countyan, Bellinian, sort of, you're not going to, I can't, I can't give my membership dues to it. Right. But, but most of them are pretty unhappy with him, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that didn't work out, and then uh, I have a... Uh, an employee who might we'll see under discussion i'm not i'm not like itching mm-hmm. i'm not itching but you're holding it exit. open yes very mm-hmm. much so mm-hmm. if somebody were to come to me i wouldn't close the door even right. if they were vegans i wouldn't close the door. <laughs> or gluten-free yeah. it's or okay octopus. your money's still good for yeah, yeah. your money and then you would good. just retire you want to keep some of the goats and um and then take off i have goats at my house um, my packer goats, all my packers. Um, oh yeah. Packer goats. And you, wait a minute, you call them, that's their breed or you call them that cause you, I take them packing. because of the pictures yeah, that I packing. saw where they, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. bigger and yeah. they're, you know, they're male and they they're bigger than weathered stuff. and they carry stuff. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. I know. Where do you go with them? I just did a two day trip. I went, um, cause these, these were, this was the first day out. Uh, their first trip out overnight. Mm. So we went out Jenner Headlands, and then we came, then we came up o- over through Duncan's Mills and down up o- up over, um, you know, out through Occidental, and then home that way. And you know how to stay off private property? Is it is it all like? Well, a- I have a Johnny Pass, so I have some ways that I can. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, most all of that is accessible and open to the public. Okay. And and like on the Willow Creek side, that's all state. So if you so spend you the can, night, you can do it all on state property. How do you sleep at night? Aren't they like restless and walking around and stuff? Well, I highline them, and no, they're they're like deer. They they settle down at night time. Okay. that's their sleep time. Huh. Oh, I highline. Do you them. pitch a tent? I didn't now because I don't need to. Stars, I just have a yeah, yeah. I have a I have a tarp in case, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't pitch a tent. I mean, I could, but I mm-hmm. saw no need. Yeah, thought it was so beautiful, right? Yeah. It's like oh, I bet. the solstice dream. That's weekend. our solstice uh, star. Oh, it was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, these are the kind of stories that, like, when I'm getting my cheese, I want to hear that my cheesemaker is living like this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't want to hear that you're driving a Range Rover yeah, and shopping a, at Gucci big I, factory. <laughs> Once I sell the Cramery, then I'll be doing I'll be me waving waving Gucci at you I from come. the yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I can see it now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to learn to brush my hair, but <laughs> I'll try. No, please don't. You're playing yeah, the part exactly. perfectly. <laughs> oh boy. Hmm. So fun. All right, well, I hope we can get some of your cheese into the Fairmont. We'll have to work on that because it is new. We got a new administration over there. That's um, oh, it's a new world. It's a new day. Yeah, Andrew Kane and Bruno that's both took off to New York, and so we have um, we got a new good. staff in there. So we, I, I hope we can make that happen. That'd be good. Um, and Sandra, I know, is 
always had the cheese. All the names I love when you when you're like, oh yeah, Flower Power or this. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I know yeah. that. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I I think about like doing. I, I don't know if it could be well enough attended. Like I'd love to do an event, like a cheese event at Sweet D, and yeah. I just don't know if I can sell it well enough and I, enough money into it. I don't. I think if you. Um, Couple it with the uh, wine. Wines, that's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and like uh, uh, yeah. Diana and Liam Callahan from Bellwether. I mean, if you get a couple mm-hmm. other people involved or whatever, yeah. that, um, and and then wine. And you know, some people that make wine. because no, cheese any. and wine is just one of the yeah. most perfect. What things. do you <laughs> What do you like to drink with your goat che- goat smoked cheeses? Oh, Sandra and I differ on this. Actually, yes, we do differ. It depends on which one. Fresh. Oh, I was going to say aged. Oh, okay, no. let's start. Maybe that's our difference. Yeah. Let's start with fresh. Chev, like. Like, like a, a chev. chev. It's like, yeah. I like the Sauvignon Blancs and things like that. But the but the aged ones, I like a red. I'll have the even Pinots with them. It depends. I like like the, the, the Romeo is so aged and it's so intense in flavor. You need to put it up next to something that can stand See, up See, I that. love it with sparkling. Mm. Love it. Hmm. I don't think and sparkling so. wines I put more with like creamy cheeses like mm-hmm. a, like a, like my, my agua bufazola mm-hmm. it's like it's nice the texture like a strong my bufazola mm-hmm. is a water buffalo gorgonzola uh, and if you put sparkling with that but you know everybody but that's what's so fun exactly there's no right and wrong no it's just what you like yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. What do you like again? Well, uh, we used to talk about this with um, with Chev is that you like to either, let's not say Sauvignon Blanc, let's say Pick Pool or uh, exactly. Grenache Blanc. You like something with a high acidity. Right. And so, and that's like that's it, sort of, to like me, sort creamy. of like mirroring mm. um, where I like, so I like juxtaposing on the goat. So I like to do something that's Marsan or Roussan that's got a little more weight, body, oh. and a little, maybe but a little But Chev already has so much acid in it. That's what and I mean. So she's trying to, she's basically mirroring. So with something like Pickpool, it's bracing acidity against against it, acid, acid plus acid is yeah. yeah that would be hard for me yeah. to digest but because yeah. the you know the wetter the softer the cheese the higher the acid the mm-hmm. more whey is in there and whey is the basic part so yeah. i don't know it's probably not conscious it's, probably it's just, just like i like i like something it's like you totally. like it that's yeah what i would probably is. like it with marsan and the yeah. too yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well thanks for coming today and so talking so to us we fun. really appreciate it oh we and just i appreciate being here and this yeah. was wonderful and and every time I see a little blue styrofoam ball in front of my face, I won't hedge anymore. <laughs> no, go for it. And will you, will you let people know how to get a hold of you? Um, I mean, do you, can you ship cheese? I do. Okay. Um, like dry ice it? Or? Yeah, I just give it to, to my cart. To the shipper. <laughs> oh, yeah. But so the storefront's open 10 to 6. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. And we'll add this and to I've the show notes. And I've got like whey sodas in there that I make. So, yeah. whey, you know, I've got uh, fondue in the winter. I've Ooh. got soaps. I've got. How does that work with the fondue in the winter? People come in and you just have it. I mean. Yeah, with the, with bread. I just sell. You give them a little and, cup. Yeah, yeah and the, with bread and okay. off they go. Very fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's um, still bohemiancreamery.com. Uh, uh, info at. Info at. Info at. You're saying the, you're asking for yeah, the. Info at. Info at bohemiancreamery.com. Yeah. That's how you'd email. 
and there are tours I give on Saturdays and Sundays. And then um, the website's just bohemiancranberry.com. Yeah. So. Or you can always go to the girl in the fig. They'll always have some too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go there first. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, guys. So you bet. Thank you. So sh- um, let's get the shout outs to, to Jim Reichart once again getting getting mentioned on one of our shows yeah um, hey jimbo yeah. good oh, guy this is like the seven the seven whatevers of of kevin bacon right yes like exactly yeah. yeah yeah it's funny yeah, it all when, leads to jim funny how yeah. he, and especially then with jen with being in the wine biz then it yeah. there's a really yeah. a lot of intersections that go on um if you want to um download previous episodes best way to get them is go to the bite goes on.com uh, it's very simple to navigate you've got basically a picture of the guest and you just click on it and it takes it you right pretty to, easy. it is yeah. I, I like it and takes okay, you right to the show um, or you, you can go to radiomisfits.com um, slash the bike goes on and you can download episodes there as well follow us on instagram at bite talk um, always posting pictures um, you're doing a good job because I took it off my phone, so now I can't really post. Oh, interesting. That's why. Well, I yeah, have that's a new. Um, I have a new. I app? just started working. No, I just started working on it the other day on Instagram, where I have a new way to get us a lot of followers, but it's kind of weird. It's not don't, illegal. Don't tell or, everybody. No. Um, but good. I'm no, glad. I post naked pictures myself. Oh no! I'm just Don't kidding. Get us arrested. Do not. It always, no matter where we go, it ends up at sex. No matter where. So true. <laughs> what a guy! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And if so you can fun. leave us a um, leave us a review because that does help in our um, getting our searches up for um, for Apple or google or whatever i don't know how it all works whatever but but if you leave us a review it's a good thing yeah especially if you like us yeah (laughs) all right and happy uh summer everyone we'll look forward to talking to you next week bye